Today on the Health with Hashimoto's podcast, we're going to talk about COVID. I would like to say we're going to talk about all things COVID, but that's a huge topic. Just the word COVID tends to make me feel like deflated and tired. There's so much to think about, to talk about, to ponder. So today we're going to narrow that down and I am going to talk to you to answer a couple questions. One, does COVID does COVID impact your thyroid gland and does it impact an autoimmune condition like Hashimoto's? That's question number one. Question number two is, do I have long haul COVID or do I have a triggered Hashimoto's? That'd be question two. And then the third question kind of goes along with both of the parts of question two, and that is, well, what now? What next? Because as you know, on this podcast, on the Health with Hashimoto's podcast, I help exhausted women with Hashimoto's or maybe just thyroid symptoms. I help you discover true, simple, and sustainable path to whole health. And that point about being true information, I really strive to present true information. And with COVID, that is very hard. COVID has become very politicized and you can say something now that is proven in research that if you said the exact same thing you know, four months ago, as you're saying now, it would be slapped with a misinformation label and you would be called, you know, a quack. So it's really hard to sift through all of the politicized stuff to get true, get to the truth. And in this podcast, I always strive to give you true information. So I want to preface it with that. And then also just my experience. First of all, I'm a very common sense person. So I'm going to look to common sense, but also the research. As a nerdy RN, I always want to know what the research tells us and what things have proven out. For example, when COVID first came on the scene, I did a live stream and I talked about respiratory viruses and I talked about what you could do that had been proven out in the research to help with respiratory viruses. Now, what are we almost three years into COVID? And what I said that first week is now accepted as, oh, these things will help. A year ago, I could not say those things without getting labeled as providing misinformation. Like vitamin D. We know that vitamin D is crucial for respiratory health. We know that it has had an impact on respiratory viruses for decades, and we know that it impacts your immune system. But if I was going to talk to you about vitamin D a year or two ago, I would be slapped with misinformation. And yet, from the research, looking at the pathology of, you know, just your respiratory system and inflammation and your immune system, we knew that vitamin D was good. So I'm going to come to you today with that filter. What do we know? And then also this huge filter that I look at all of medicine through, and that is risk versus benefit. I have always been taught this in nursing school and especially in the emergency department. I have always been taught you look at risk versus benefit. It was drilled into me as an emergency room nurse that we do things based on risk versus benefit. If we think that something is going to help, we want to pursue that. If we think that it's going to have more risk, more 
harm than benefit, then we need to look closer at that and reevaluate that. So I always look at risk versus benefit. And that is the filter that I see pretty much all medicine through. I see it through a filter of truth. I see it through a filter of research. And I see it through a filter of historic historicity. Can I use that word in this? My son told me, one of my sons told me just the other day that I used too many big words. Historicity is kind of a big word. But anyway, I look at things, you know, has it played out through history to provide benefits? All right, so enough of my preface. I get a little worried, quite honestly, when I talk about COVID because it's been such a contentious topic. But just because it's contentious doesn't mean I can shy away from it. When I mentioned on the last podcast that I was going to talk about COVID on this podcast, I got a note from a listener, Diana. Diana, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your situation with me and giving me permission to share it with all of the listeners. All right, this is what she said. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's about 10 years ago. I managed with medication and major lifestyle changes fairly well until long COVID. Now I'm left holding the carnage and wondering how to rid my body of this ongoing inflammation with half the energy to do so. Every time I get a glimmer of wellness, some new or old symptom pops up. Diana, thank you so much for sharing that. And I am sorry that you are going through that. And you as a listener... If you are going through these same things that Diana is, I am sorry for what you're going through. And hopefully in this next couple minutes, I can share some tips and some a path to health. That's always the goal. Now, the first thing, which isn't really even a question, is viruses absolutely impact your thyroid and your immune function. If you listened to episode 13 of this podcast, it was all about viruses and how viruses can be a trigger for Hashimoto's. So that's a given. I've already discussed that. And then COVID, of course, is a virus. So how does COVID impact your thyroid and how does COVID impact your immune function and an autoimmune disease? In May of 2022, there was a presentation at the European Congress of Endocrinology. Endocrinology is the study of hormones. This research paper was honestly frustrating and fascinating because it seemed to say both things. In one side, it was saying that thyroid dysfunction during COVID is mild and transient. And then on the other side, it was saying that people still have problems a year later. When I looked deep at the study, I found that after one year, 50% of the people who had COVID and who were eligible to enter this study, 50% still had some thyroid dysfunction. To me, that's pretty impactful. If one out of every two people is going to have their thyroid impacted, I'd want to know about that. Initially, COVID in this study, they found that it triggered inflammation of the thyroid, and that was 28% of the people when they ultrasounded their thyroids, that's what they found. So initially, it didn't seem to be that big of a deal, 28%. I mean, still, that's one in four. But then a year later, it was one in two were impacted in their thyroid. So yes, COVID impacts your thyroid based on the research that we have. And of course, it makes sense because we know that viruses play a role in triggering 
autoimmune Hashimoto's, but this study was not looking at Hashimoto's. It was not looking at autoimmune problems. It was looking just at the thyroid. And so 50% of the people who entered that study, which they tried to get in every study, you have a huge group of people who um, they want to admit them to the study, and then not all of those people are going to fit the criteria. So I think it was over 160 people wanted to come into the study, and not all of them made it. So it wasn't thousands of people, but it was still a well-run research study, and it still gives us information about how COVID impacts the thyroid. So then we get to answer the question, what about long-haul COVID and what about worsening Hashimoto's? Where was the difference and how do I know and can I know? Well, I honestly don't know. A lot of the symptoms overlap. For example, people talk about long-haul COVID and having fatigue and people talk about having Hashimoto's and hypothyroid and having fatigue. So there's a bit of discernment that you get to do as your own health advocate, as your own health CEO. When you look at your own information, you get to discern that and you get to ask the people on your team to help you, your healthcare provider, a wellness coach, whoever it is, your chiropractor. You get to look at the big picture for you and figure out what is the next best step. So let's talk about long-haul COVID first. Some of the symptoms for long-haul COVID, this is per the frontline COVID doctors, they describe a long-haul COVID as characterized by prolonged malaise, headaches, generalized fatigue, sleep, sleep difficulties, hair loss, smell disorder, decreased appetite, painful joints, dyspnea, that means hard time breathing, chest pain, and cognitive dysfunction. That's a lot of things. And if you are dealing with these, my heart goes out to you. I'm sorry that you are still dealing with these things. It's a lot and it is hard. Like Diana said in part of the email that I didn't read, she's part of this group on in Facebook and a lot of the people are just like, huh, what's going on now? What, what do I do? They feel lost. They feel abandoned. Like they have no direction. But thankfully, there are some resources. I really do like the frontline doctors because everything is research-based. I can click on their protocols and I can see exactly the research that they pulled it from. And I can hear testimonials from them and hear, you know, it's working. The things that they're using are working. So you can click the link in the show notes or you can go just I usually Google frontline doctors, but it's FLCCC. That stands for Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance. And you can see all of their treatment protocols there. What I really appreciate about their site, in addition to all that is research-based, is that you can find a medical provider on there. So you can look at their treatment protocols, but a lot of the treatment protocols include medications that need to be prescribed. So you need a prescribing provider and they have a list of providers who use their um, treatment protocols. 
when you're on their website, you go up to the top, COVID resources, and under there, there's a drop down where find a provider. A lot of the providers do telemedicine. So you can find one that treats people in your state and that can do telemedicine. Some of them list their prices and some of them don't, but almost all of them provide, obviously, a website so that you can contact them. And on the website, you can often find the price. The protocol itself for long COVID treatment is on the FLCCC website, so you can take a look at it. It has many different facets, and with your provider, you get to work through which ones are going to be most beneficial for you. And this is personally how I work through something like this. Okay, I know that I have XYZ going on, long COVID or maybe long COVID. And then I look at the treatment protocol and I figure out, is there anything that I can start right now, even before I see a provider? For example, COVID impacts the mitochondria of your cell. That's the energy production. The energy production part of your cell, the mitochondria, is also impacted by your thyroid. So if I know right now that I need to nurture a healthy environment for my mitochondria and I need to work on mitochondrial health, well, I know that I can do that by activating the NRF1 pathway in my body. And I have a resource for that. I have it in my kitchen. I take Protandum NRF1 every single day to help my mitochondria be healthy. So that's one thing that I can do right now, even before I need to see a provider. Also, oxidative stress. We know that inflammation and being sick increases that. So again, I look at that Protandum NRF2 activator, like, oh, well, research shows that that decreases my oxidative stress, that's the, the trash, the pollution in my cells, it decreases that by 40% in 30 days. So I can do that right now. I looked at another thing on the FLCCC, and they have nutrition things. And I saw honey. All right, so here is where I'm filtering it through this risk versus benefit. Honey is sugar. Sugar leads to more inflammation. The study on the honey was very fascinating. And I have honey in my kitchen. I also have garlic fermented honey. So that's super easy. I don't know if you've ever made it. Go ahead and make yourself a batch today. Super, super simple. You throw some garlic cloves peeled into a jar and cover it with raw honey. That's it. You can tip it every day or two. Um, I found it fascinating. It's kind of like a snow globe. And so I tipped it probably two or three times a day and also make sure to burp it because it's going to ferment. And when things ferment, they give off gas. You do not want honey and garlic exploding in your kitchen. So I have this garlic fermented honey and I see in the study that honey can be beneficial to viruses. So my risk eating a little bit of honey. Is there a risk? Well, eating a little bit? Not really. Is there a benefit? There could be. Is it guaranteed? No, it's not. Does the research show that it could be beneficial? Yes. So I look at that risk versus benefit. And before I recorded this podcast, I went and had a spoonful of garlic fermented honey because the risk benefit ratio said, it's not going to hurt anything. Not really. I had some protein with it so that I decreased the glycemic load. I had talked about that on a different podcast episode. And so who knows? Maybe it's doing something good in my body. Maybe not, but it's not going to hurt. 
So garlic fermented honey is something that I'm going to do every day. However, I am not going to do the full dose that's recommended on the FLCCC because I would need, I think, two tablespoons of that a day. And I don't feel like I should be eating that much honey. So I'm not going to do that much. It's up to you to make these decisions and to evaluate what is going to be beneficial for you and what is not. All right, so now you know that there is a treatment protocol for long-haul COVID and you know where to find providers, one that can specifically treat you in your state. Again, you can look at the show notes or the transcript I try to load on the blog so that you can read through what I say and you can head over to the blog, the blog link again in the show notes. But then what happens if you feel like this is not long haul COVID? This is your Hashimoto's got worse. The virus triggered it. Because again, the symptoms of hypothyroid and Hashimoto's, anxiety, depression, altered metabolism, digestion issues, body temperature, fatigue. There's a lot of things that go along with hypothyroid. And we've been talking about that for 25 episodes now. So what happens if it's that? Then you get to go back to the beginning. Anytime you are dealing with your immune system, we go back to what we know. We know that with an autoimmune condition, there are three things. There's a genetic component. Okay, so how are you using nutrigenomics? How are you using foods and herbs to help your genes turn on and off? A genetic component. Number two, there's a gut component. All right, how are you doing for your gut? Are you pooping at least once a day? If not, there's something to look at. If you have other gut sensitivities, food sensitivities, then there's some healing to do in your gut. Take a look at the activated collagen on the resources page on my website because it helps all collagen, helps um, helps your gut. An activated collagen means that it's activating your own body to produce your own collagen, which is far superior than anything anybody can sell or make your body is fantastic at it. We just have to tell it to start producing it again. So your gut. And then the third thing with any autoimmune problem is a trigger. And of course, you had a trigger. You had COVID. But are you dealing with other triggers? How's your stress level? How's your sleep? How is your vitamin D level? What about environmental chemicals and toxins in your house and in your personal care products and in your cleaning? What about blood sugar. How are you doing at eating? Are you spiking your blood sugar? Is it dropping? Are you having really low episodes of blood sugar? You can find episodes on this podcast about several of these triggers. So look at those. When it comes to your immune system, we get to go back to the basics. Whenever there's something going on, we go back to the basics and we re-look at what's working, what's not, what do I know, what do I need to know? You are an individual. You are unique. There's not a single person like you in all of history. And that means your path to health is also going to be unique. Of course, work with a healthcare provider. Work with somebody to help you figure out what your next step would be. But there's nobody like you. So you get to look at everything. Your genes, 
and then your nutrigenomics. You get to look at your gut health. You get to look at the triggers and you get to evaluate what would be best today, what would be best tomorrow, what is ideal for you for a path forward to optimal whole health. And I wish that there was something specific I could say, do this thing and you will be well, but you're a unique individual. So I can't give you a magic answer, but I can help you through this episode and through all of my others, help you figure out a true, simple and sustainable path to health. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Please be sure to discuss any concerns and plans with your trusted healthcare professional.